Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Yo! MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco. And I'm Big Head Joe, and I am starting right off with some big news. I'm happy to say that Yo! MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. You hear that? We're sponsored again. Isn't that cool? We're real excited about being at Cool Stuff, Inc. Yes, we um, are. Yes, we are. John Medina's there. Mike Flores is there. It's like a family reunion, you know? It is. Um, so, the guys at the Magic Mike's crew, Evan Irwin, Ruben Bressler, Aaron Campbell. Everyone's around, and it's, and it's really exciting. Um, it's where the cool kids hang out. Yeah, it's where all the cool kids go, and we're cool kids, and we have cool stuff. Well, we're not cool yet, but if we hang out with them long enough, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I need to get some more ink, though. I don't, you know, I don't have that Yeah, much. some cool ink stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so anyway, we have a, a lot to talk about this week. Our big topics are going to be War of the Spark. We got some more information about that. And, of course, the announcement that we were looking forward to, Modern Horizons, was announced uh last week and I, I'm, I'm i'm about as excited as you could possibly get without having seen the majority of the set <laughs> you i'll know. say this honestly i'm not super excited because i don't play modern but i'm excited to play it in limited so there you go i think we'll make a modern player of you yet at some point we'll see i don't know <laughs> i'll tell you this modern to me this is what modern is to me Hey, remember all those decks you've always hated over the years? Here they all are. I don't know. It's just one of those things where I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this. It's like, remember being miserable playing Standard when Splinter Twin was legal? I guess Splinter Twin's banned, but we'll yeah. get into that later. You, these are not the same decks from Standard. You you need to like look at Modern a little more closely. Like, yeah, there's there's some... I've, look, yeah. I've played a decent amount of Modern. You know, I've played yeah. quite a bit of Modern. But anyway, regardless... There is a big modern event this Saturday, and I want to talk about it real quick. Um, the Hunter Burton Open, the Hunter Burton Memorial Open, it, 2019, is this Saturday, 10 a.m. Um, in Hearst at the something or another convention center. I don't have all the information here, but you can go to HunterBurtonMemorialOpen.com and get it on your computer screen, so you can type it into Google Maps and get there. But there's a $10,000 modern um, open at 10, 10 a.m. on Saturday, and 6 and 2 makes day 2. Um, a Sunday, so there's, um, Sunday, there's a $5,000 standard open. It's a tribute to Texas Magic. Uh, at 9 a.m., the event I'm most excited for on Sunday um, is the uh, Zanman Special Chaos Sealed, which is 2 p.m. It's a $100 entry. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to play in it because Zanman loved Sealed, and I love Sealed, and I'm going to represent Zanman, Zanman's memory um, in this event because there's no way I can miss it, you know? That's awesome. I'm so glad that you're you're going to be able to go. I'm going to go Sunday. I have no idea how I'm getting there. I'm going to ask uh, one of my buddies, uh, see if they'll give me a ride because it's all the way in Hearst. It's hard for me to get to Hearst. I don't know where Hearst is. I assume it's in Texas. <laughs> it's like almost in Fort Worth, and I'm in Dallas. Okay, okay. Which well, if you've heard me complain over it? the years about trying to get to the Dallas Opens that are in Fort Worth, it's like nearly impossible for me on my own without yeah, it's a It's like 30 minutes uh, difference, something like that. Does that seem – yeah, about right. Okay, it's about that. Um, but it's the it's the mass transit issue. I don't drive, you know. Right. Um, right. You know, but a lot of people might not know that. So it's about mass transit and the TRE, which is the main line between Fort Worth and Dallas, doesn't run on Sundays for some reason, um, which is really frustrating. You just have to go Saturday and sleep outside or something. Something like that. <laughs> I think I can get a ride. <laughs> Uh, but I plan on playing in the Zanman Special Chaos Sealed. Uh, if you're going to be around and you think you're going to do terrible day one or aren't going to play day one, uh, you should come and um, play in that because it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but I can't make it Saturday. I have to work Saturday. There's enough people already asked off Saturday. So I was just like, okay, I'll just go on Sunday. Cause I'm not going to play in the main event anyway. you know. Right. But it'll be a lot of fun, and you should go check it out. And if you can't make it and you still want to make a donation, there are ways um, – you can go on the website, and there are a lot of links to make a donation um, to help, uh, 
you know, raise awareness about suicide and uh, suicide prevention. So uh, it's it's a great cause. Uh, it's a great weekend, and it was Jeff's love, you know, and yeah, and it's really important to see kind this of like event. A, a passion project for Jeff beyond the, I guess, his other passion projects like the Texas, uh, the Texas Guild Mages. Yeah, his passion was magic, you know, in general, and. Um, I, you know, this event is about Hunter. This event isn't about Jeff, and I'm sure there will be plenty of things that are about Jeff. And I want to make sure, you know, I, I really want to see this event not lose focus. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And I'm because sure. obviously it's 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 a huge loss to the event itself that you know that Jeff's gone. Right. But Jeff would not want to see this event turn into an event about him. Right. Because this was created to be about Hunter and about exactly. suicide awareness and suicide prevention. So um, I am still going to, you know, go to the the part of the event that um, is a tribute to the Zan Man. But um, but ultimately, this event is about Hunter. And um, but anyway, I hope something comes. I hope something is developed that could um, that could properly memorialize Jeff. Um, and uh, I honestly, I, I'm I'm hoping to. I want to try to push for Wizards to make a Planeswalker card. Oh, that would be cool of Jeff. Yeah, um, but I, this is a whole other conversation for another yes. time. <laughs> Already losing sight of the goals today. But getting you're bridging the gap here because if you're bringing up Wizards making Planeswalker cards, yeah. how can we not? Just jump right into uh, the discussion about four of the spark. <laughs> you underestimate me. There are a lot of ways, but <laughs> let's jump right into War of the Spark. Yes, <laughs> right. So the speculation that we heard, you know, that that there were going to be a ton of planeswalkers in the set. Uh, turns out it was right. There are thirty-six planeswalkers in the set, and confirmed. there are uh, confirmed thirty-six planeswalkers in the set, which is what uh, at least 31 more than any other set right i mean i don't think i don't think there's ever been a set with more than five um most sets don't even have that many but you know you get like the core set um kind of thing usually has one of each color um but yeah so that's a lot of planeswalkers and it's also guaranteed each pack now this is i know a question you have but each booster pack in paper and presumably on Magic Online, are seated with one Planeswalker per pack. So you're guaranteed a Planeswalker in every pack. Now, you were questioning whether or not that applied to Arena packs, which obviously have fewer cards. In fact, right. I don't even know. How many cards are in an Arena pack? Eight? I don't ever look at anything other than it's, the rare. I think mythic. it's eight. I think it's eight. So you get right. one rare, two uncommons, and five commons. That sounds th- right, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, so I mean, I'm gonna assume that the Planeswalkers are are in those packs also, because I mean, their arenas, their big thing, and they're trying to sell this set with this particular kind of, um, I could say, gimmick, I guess. And why would they not apply that to arena as well? Well, they'll they'll apply it to the um, to the draft packs because that's just how the packs are oh, normally. Yeah, yeah, draft packs are, are full full packs. Just like, um, you know, the Dominaria packs, if you play Dominaria li- uh, Limited, each have a legendary creature in them. Um, but I don't remember if they – and I and I, there's no way to really know. There's no there's nowhere it's written that Dominaria packs did also all – like the prize packs also included at least one legendary creature. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, but I know, you know – Obviously, if they're if all the planeswalkers are rares, which we don't know that yet, then they would definitely be represented in the rares. But would there be a separate slot? I don't think. Honestly, I don't think there would be. I kind of feel like the they're going to be. Yeah, I mean, I I think they're going to be distributed across all rarities because I don't think you can have thirty six planeswalkers in a set and have them all be well they can't all be mythic and i don't think they can all be rares like that seems like it takes away more than you know it takes away a lot of room for putting other rares in the set right like if you have a card that's not a planeswalker and it feels like it needs to be rare or mythic and you're like well we don't have any slots because 36 planeswalkers um so i i kind of feel like this is this set's going to be really interesting i think the planeswalker design is going to be really interesting because they can't go by their usual formula and they've uh 
they've got 36 slots to fill. And so I think we're going to get some things. And I think we, we kind of touched on this last episode where maybe it's, you know, a two casting cost planeswalker that minus one to destroy an enchantment or artifact or something. And maybe that's all it does. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't have something, something small. One it, ability uh, planeswalker that, that, uh, <laughs> the art box would be lovely if they stretch it out all the way. That would be, maybe they just have to make the ability really complicated, <laughs> really wordy. <laughs> Um, uh, the um, so Stephen Marshall, former co-host, you know, still technically co-host of UMTG Taps, but no longer recording with us, posed a question on Twitter today, and he's been a little more active on Twitter lately. I've noticed about magic, which is cool. Yeah. I like it. I like seeing more from him. I hope he uh, keeps tweeting about magic. But um, he was asking what rarity it would be safe to reprint Tybalt at and I said common (laughs) (laughs) I mean Tybalt gets a bad rap I feel like what do you want from a two mana planeswalker you know right what did you expect from a two mana planeswalker more like right and I think that's that we need to keep that in mind for this set too because I really don't think we're getting 36 planeswalkers and none of them are going to cost less than three you know, like we're gonna, there's gonna be somewhere a two mana planeswalker in there's this set. There's probably gonna be a one mana planeswalker. I in think this set. so too. I think they're they're gonna be spread across all colors, all rarities, all uh, casting costs. Well, not all casting costs. Like cause you can only have thirty six casting costs. Three are 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 black. Well, we have a one casting cost planeswalker, a two casting cost planeswalker, a thirty six casting cost planeswalker. <laughs> <laughs> they're Eldrazi planeswalker, apparently. Mm. Um, yeah, that'll make Tron that much stronger in modern because you only need all the Tron lands, like <laughs> all four of each <laughs> to get close to casting them. Easy now, peasy. Turn yeah. three. Um, so anyway, I, I do think we're going to see a lot of, um, a lot of variety in these, in these planeswalkers. And um, definitely, I, I, I'm just so excited to see how they do it. I'm excited for it too. I know some people, I think uh, Ryan in particular, Ryan Germore, mm-hmm. uh, he, says that he's not excited about it because he's just doesn't he's not a big fan of planeswalkers he understands people are you know but there are people mm. who don't just universally love the planeswalker uh card type so, i totally agree i think to me i'm, I'm sorry do you, if you had no, more to ahead, say I just off. so i kind of feel like i've gotten to a point where i sort of can identify with that like i'm not in love with that card type but only because it's gotten so stale. And this to me would – the reason it's exciting is because this is, gives them an opportunity to really do some different things with it. So it's like if you don't like Planeswalkers, this is a set that I think has a lot of potential to give you something that you're more excited about. Right. I mean it's like what exactly – I guess it depends on what you don't like about Planeswalkers. If you don't like the card frame, I think you, maybe you're out of luck. But, yeah. like, but as far as like this idea that you can have – what is essentially like an enchantment that can be attacked and has multiple abilities. Like, isn't that kind of what it is? Um, and I mean, it, if I don't know what you don't like about it, but to me, the, the problem is just that the design has gotten stale. And I, I know for a fact that we're going to see something, some crazy things in the set, even if they're not powerful, they're going right. to be interesting. War of the Spark is the magic set that is approaching the table of the guy sitting there with the sign that says, Planeswalker design is getting boring. Change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another cool perk for War of the Spark is that pre-release kits will each have two promos. So that's pretty awesome. Um, so you're going to have two foil promos. I think one is definitely a Planeswalker and one is a rare from the set. So Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, Pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited, and this is the set that leads into Mythic Championship London, right? Or the pre pre release is the same weekend, is that right? Isn't that what we figured out that it That's is the we same weekend? Out, yes, the same weekend. So I guess they're not legal for for London yet. Okay. Uh, because I guess what I was thinking was, is it possible that there's going to be if if there are planeswalkers that are going to impact modern? Uh, it's possible someone could throw it in their deck and try it, you know, at that it's event. It's definitely but, possible somebody could get a game loss for throwing it in their deck. That's true. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't think it's legal for, for the Mythic Championship. Um, so we'll we'll have to wait until, I guess, the, the next uh, Mythic Championship to see how these impact different uh, – you know, I guess impact standard because the next one after that is standard. But um, to see these on the, 
this the mythic championship stage in a constructed format i know they're gonna I, i'm pretty sure that's the limited format though like the limited format for mythic championship london is going to be war of the spark i'm huh. pretty sure right which i think is kind of part of the controversy it be, because it would be especially silly if it wasn't yeah that's exa- true it would be terrible if it wasn't so i'm pretty sure that's what it is uh and i think that's part of the controversy is that people are like well how do we practice like well you don't (laughs) like you're gonna you're not gonna know very much for very long like it's gonna be there it seems like wizards is experimenting with things and i kind of i appreciate it um i don't want to say i like it because some things i don't but i appreciate that they're trying to do some different things um with a 36 planeswalker set that's big but even the scheduling of these events where you've got i mean mythic championship london has a new mulligan rule debuting, which we discussed last episode. In in modern, which is going to be the format that's going to most likely be able to break that mulligan rule. So that's already a fascinating reason to watch. And then they're basically saying, we're going to release a set. That I, we're, we're going to make you play limited with a set that you aren't going to be able to get much practice with. Like if they do what they did last time, with Ravnica Allegiance, where Arena and um, MTGO have pre-releases on Thursday prior to that weekend, then they're going to have, you know, practice for, on Thursday and Friday. Or Friday's the Pro Tour. I mean, yeah. sorry, Mythic Championship. So they're going to have practice on Thursday. It's going to be really interesting because you're going to say, all right, if you're, you know, if you're good enough to play in this uh, in this event, you need to be good enough to evaluate these cards very quickly. You know, you're not going to be able to figure out the limited format that quickly. And I like that. I prefer this to anything else. I prefer giving people exactly zero days to test um, to any amount of testing beforehand because I want to see the cream rise to the top, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, there are people who will qualify for the pro tour off of all kinds of different formats uh they just had um a pauper pptq or, or ptq didn't they i, I think there was, there was a big pauper event in la right i think it was actually a ptq i think that's is, right yeah you know what i mean so so there's somebody who's an who excels at pauper they might not be that good at limited hey guess what you know it's time time for you to put up or shut up right i mean right uh so I like it. I like it a lot. And this is the thing. Magic the Gathering is evolving. It's evolving as a game. It's evolving as a uh as an e-sport. It's evolving as uh, you know, something as a competitive uh, sport, you know? Mm-hmm. And 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 I think that you know, things are changing. Change is scary especially to us, but change is good. Change means they care. If you know stagnation is the worst thing that could ever happen, and, right, and so it's the easiest thing for them to do is to do nothing, right? Exactly, it is. And for for a game like Magic, it needs to evolve because we've seen what happens when standard sits for five months, you know, like and doesn't change. Standard can get boring. Right. Standard has gotten so boring for me so many times over the years. And I like to see change. I, I'm I'm the person who would advocate frequent bans and unbans just to just to shake things up. But I know that's extreme. So seeing them take these steps to keep things exciting and to keep change happening, to keep things in motion, I like it. So yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens with the London Mulligan. With faithless looting in there with the blended mulligan, you know, a lot of people are complaining mm-hmm. about that. Um, I can't wait to see what happens. You know, hey, yeah. if, if faithless looting is overpowered, then I guess we're going to see an all faithless looting uh, top eight. And hey, there we go. Yep. So uh, I guess I guess we'll see. I think it's funny to hear you mention faithless looting because I guess that's that is the current hot topic as far as which card to ban. But before looting, people were always constantly talking about ancient stirrings and mox opal, and those haven't been banned yet. I mean, it was there was KCI and that was banned. But it's funny because it was like the conversation was always 
Mox Opal and Ancient Stirrings. And then occasionally, like when KCI popped up, it's like KCI needs to be banned, KCI, KCI. And then they banned KCI. And now suddenly it's like, well, Faith is looting. Like, what about these other two cards <laughs> that, that everybody's complaining about? I kind of feel like well, I, I – I don't want to go into a deep discussion about what should or shouldn't be banned. But at the moment, as of the banned and restricted announcement yesterday, nothing new has been banned. Um, and I think that's the right call because we're having we, – Modern is about to be shaken up not only by the mulligan rule, uh, if especially if it's put into effect, like if they actually do it. Um, we, we know it's happening for the Mythic Championship London, but – we don't know if it's going to go beyond that. Um, but if it does, that's a shakeup. Just ca- the kinds of decks that people build or the way that people build their decks is going to be different. So that's one thing. But then, of course, Modern Horizons. Um, if you somehow didn't see this announcement, this was something that we were looking forward to. Wizard said, end of February, Modern players, you should be excited. We have an announcement. Speculation was a set for modern players that was going direct to modern and that turned out to be correct so modern horizons is a booster uh a set you know being released in boosters i think 36 boosters in a box kind of like the typical booster set um but it's going direct to modern so it's skipping standard entirely uh it's going to have a ton of new cards and then it's going to have some reprints but the twist which i didn't expect or i guess i i had heard speculation but i wasn't sure that i wasn't sure it was likely uh all the reprints are cards that have not been in modern before so they're all pre-eighth edition cards theoretically mm-hmm. uh there is a i guess a loophole where they could reprint stoneforge mystic uh because stoneforge mystic has never been in modern before <laughs> because it was banned <laughs> in the initial announcement of modern as a format so that's pretty funny they could look at that initial modern band list and say we're going to add you know we can reprint some of these cards i don't know wh- why they do that necessarily if they want to unban something they can um so I, I, that seems a little bit silly but i guess they could it's a it's a loophole they could take advantage of um i'm more excited to see what cards from pre-eighth edition that yeah. decided they want to introduce into the format um and i really i really feel like people have been speculating a lot yeah on and i feel like every podcast you've listened to in the past two weeks is <laughs> my top five cards that i would like to see reprinted in modern horizons so we're not really going to get into that no, no. sort of topic but here's something i want to bring up because people were freaking out because we freak out about faithless looting not being banned right in modern and i think that's silly as anything because we're gonna have literally 250 what is it 249 new cards it's yeah 249 new cards in modern in june right right? 249 cards that have never been in this in in the format before are going to hit modern and like 50 of them are going to be probably fairly powerful cards from the past that are going to that are going to beef modern up considerably. Modern is going to be totally different in yeah. 3 months. So banning a card for 3 months is silly. I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here because the one thing we're not I, the one thing I haven't heard as much about is what's going to be unbanned. I don't think people are even looking at, at this. I think that with this new influx of cards, the power level of modern is going to be crazy, and I think they're going to unban a number of cards. And you have I certain have a, ones in mind, or I have a proposed banned list for modern after Modern Horizons is released. Okay, here's my okay. banned list for modern for modern: Deathrite Shaman, Dig Through Time, Gitaxium Probe, Mental Misstep, Sensei's Divining Top, Skull Clamp, Treasure Cruise. That's it. Seven cards. Okay. Those are the cards that are banned in Legacy that are also currently banned in Modern. I say unban everything. Add these new cards to the format, unban everything, give people a couple months to go crazy. And then you can recreate the banned list because you're basically creating a whole new format almost by adding that many cards, including powerful cards from the past. The, The two cards that they... Uh, spoiled alone are cr- are crazy. Um, I'm just going to read them real quick because I've got them up on the screen. Cabal Therapist, 
One black for a 1-1 creature horror. It's a rare. It says Menace. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you may sacrifice a creature. When you do, choose a non-land card name, then target player reveals their hand and discards all cards with that name. So Cabal Therapist is basically Cabal Therapy on a stick, right? Yeah. Um, And I think that card's cool, and I kept... For a split second when I saw it, I was like, I don't remember Cabal Therapist having Menace. And I was like, oh, Cabal Therapy, that's a totally different card. It's not a totally different card, but it is a different card. Right. I was like, oh, okay. And then the other card we've had spoiled so far is Sarah the Benevolent. It's a two white white. It's a legendary Planeswalker, Sarah. So there goes your idea that there won't be any Planeswalkers after War of the Spark. But I know what you're talking about going forward with standard. Anyway... Four loyalty when it enters. Plus two creatures you control with flying. Get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Meh. Minus three. Create a four-four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. Eh, I like. And then minus six. You get an emblem with if you control a creature, damage that would reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead. That's the second turn uh, ultimate right there. Yeah. Needs tick up to six, and then minus six get the ultimate. So these are the type of power level cards we're going to be seeing, and that's just two out of two hundred and you know forty nine new cards. So modern's going to modern's going to be different, you know. And I, and I know that the idea of you know getting overworked about a set changing a format is usually a bit overdone you know i i feel like a lot of times we look at a new set for standard and go oh standard's gonna be so much different and then it's like literally the same exact decks with like uh, a <laughs> four of in it right but this set is designed to do exactly what i think it's gonna do and that's shake modern up in a big big way yeah so it sounds like a lot of hyperbole but i i I don't think it is. I think you're absolutely right. First of all, I don't hate your idea about unbanning basically everything that's not also banned in Legacy um, for the exact reason that you're saying where this – the format is going to change so much. This has never happened. We've never had a set like this. Every time a new set comes out for standard, you know, let's say every time a new standard legal set comes out, we get maybe – three to six cards that see play in modern that right. if that, that. Tra- if that right like we're lucky if modern is able to to get a card out of a standard set um you know we we have like terramander from ravnica allegiance you have teferi from dominaria you know these are just some recent hits that have made it in in modern um right. but this is an entire set designed now again or just just remember this set isn't designed uh, as its first priority to be a limited format, that just happens to be part of it. They they made a set designed specifically for modern, so every single card is meant to have some impact to modern, whether it's a sideboard card, whether it's just something people want to try to consider. Maybe it's a card that's going to just help a certain strategy that's not been playable. Maybe um, it's wheel and deal. Right, I mean, you never know. Like, but... <laughs> And that'll get you playing modern. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't get but, me started. <laughs> but every single card is intended for modern, uh, and and that's just we've never had that. So this is a really big deal for the format. And I, like I said, I'm about as excited as you could get. I'm more excited for this than than I am for War of the Spark, and I'm really excited for War of the Spark. Like, I don't uh, – kind of like you said, a lot of times you get a standard set and it doesn't have uh, the impact you expect it to. Like, you get a couple new decks. Now, it hasn't been the case recently. I feel like, you know, with the uh, exception of of a couple things where you have, like, Golgari turns into Sultai and Is It Drakes is still apparently a deck if your name is LSV. Um, yep. But, like, a lot of these decks did get some help from Ravnica Allegiance and you get new archetypes. Um, anyway, that... Uh, Going back to what you were saying, a lot of times the new standard sets don't even have as huge an impact on standard unless it's a rotation set, you know, unless it's pushing other sets out. And, you know, you, the, the format changes more or as much as, if not more, from the cards leaving than the cards entering. For sure. Um, but this is something where no cards aren't leaving modern. We're keeping everything we've got. And we've got all these new cards that are going to shake up a format that 
already traditionally has so many viable decks and it's really more about um metagaming than than really you know there being <clears throat> five top decks and that's it five playable decks there's like 20 30 playable decks and you can win a tournament one weekend and the next month that deck is completely hated out of the format um that's kind of rare a lot of decks are more consistent than that but you really have a, a format that allows you to to play anything and now we're going to have all these new cards so i can't imagine it gets more homogenous i imagine it's going to be less <laughs> homogenous you know um does let that, the does brewers that brew unban everything and let the brewers brew and then you can always course correct and you can ban a ton of things in a couple months um if you have to the only thing about that is i kind of feel like maybe they should just let the set impact modern first and if they want to do another big shakeup they can do something like that like do they want to apply all the shakeup at one time i mean there's why not i I I don't know i'm crazy i'm like why not do it all like like and this is the thing if you were to do something like this you give it a very very heavy like warning like hey we might wind up banning this stuff again in a couple months but we want to see what you can do Right, and you're—that's something that I've talked about for you know years, from, from back when when we had the podcast, you know, years ago. Um, I love the idea of a banning or like a uh, kind of a what's what's the word? Um, like a there's there's a word and I can't think of probationary. That's it, <laughs> a probationary unban where you say, hey, this is unbanned, but it's only unbanned for the next three months or six months and then we're going to revisit it so everybody knows that the card might just you know be back on the ban list in six months so the value doesn't like skyrocket right. they just keep people from like going wild speculating and then like the and then backlash be- of things getting banned that people speculated on right which that's not wizard's fault that's your fault but not going to stop the backlash you know? right exactly and, and sense they, doesn't stop the backlash so and they said something on in the most recent uh announcement which was what yesterday today's tuesday yeah um about nexus of fate and they were saying you know they know people there are a lot of people that are clamoring for nexus of fate to be banned and standard um but they said there was a, a you know i'm paraphrasing they said modern is a format that we sculpt using the band list standard is not the format we want to be doing that with like standard is usually new players introduction into the game into constructed magic uh or competitive constructed and so they don't want to be banning cards in standard but modern is a is a format that they want to sculpt with the band list <laughs> so they're kind of saying you know they're more willing to be um aggressive with banning and unbanning so i think you know i I think that's it's not a crazy idea it's not an idea i don't like i think the only reason i don't like it is is the timing of it because the format is about to get so much change right now and i'm excited to see what modern horizons does i don't want to also be like you don't want your 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 idea of of what modern horizons is to be muddied by the unbannings exactly yeah so it's like modern horizons would have been great if dredge didn't get golgari grave troll back and then just dominate the format right like (laughs) and and modern horizons kind of didn't matter because these unbans ended up making such an impact like i don't know Mm -hmm. that 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 would happen but i'm just saying i don't uh, i don't want it to be muddied that's a great way to put it like you said um, you want so a clear I, idea of what impact it had. I get yeah. that totally. Now, if Wizards wizards needs to stick to their word, though. If Wizards doesn't want to be shaping standard with bannings, then you need to unban rampaging Ferocidon. I don't know how many times I need to say it on this <laughs> podcast. But, but wait, wait, wait. I, I, they don't want to be shaping the format with the ban list. That's and unbanning is affecting the ban list. I think, I, I don't know. I'm not disagreeing with you. I would like to see it in the format but i don't think it's something that they want to do because i think going back and forth with it and standard it's it's like almost not worth the but it was the it trouble. was banned before rotation i think wasn't it and so uh, yeah yeah it was since rotation the the reason i think the card that rampage i don't remember what it was because i wasn't really playing but whatever was working alongside rampaging ferocidon um in the format is gone it was, uh, I think, well, 
red red was really good or red black was really good um i wasn't playing as much standard then but it was like ramming up ruins and then the energy deck so what they did this was like a year and something ago uh maybe it wasn't even that long ago but uh energy was like the top deck in standard and they banned some energy cards and but they also decided that outside of energy red would be too strong so they were also going to ban some red cards so that red wouldn't be too strong and then red still now here we are and (laughs) mono red aggro couldn't win a tournament if you like if you used deceptive means and it made top eight of the mythic championship (laughs) it can't be that bad no way (laughs) (laughs) it totally but it wasn't just red it was red with a splash right so that's the that's your argument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only we had rampage, rampaging for us on Al, Alex Majelathon would not have had to play rootbound Greg. There you go. There you go. You know. <laughs> that's right. But but speaking of of really cool uh, performances in a tournament lately, I think we yes. definitely have to mention Dana Fisher. Who, uh, who made top eight of GPL. I'm not sorry, not top eight. That would be pretty impressive. Too. That would be uh, awesome. Uh, Looking forward to it, but... No, Dana Fisher made day two of a Grand Prix of GPLA uh, in modern, playing elves and dressed as Nyssa like she she tends to do. Um, the youngest player ever to day two a Grand Prix. How old is she? Eight? She was eight years old. It's written on the show notes. It's probably why you said top eight because you saw eight years. No, I'm not looking at the show notes because I'm – Top eight at eight years old. That would be awesome. Um, Unfortunately, she didn't finish in the money, but but what an amazing performance. And I'm so glad that Dana finally answered the question uh, posed by – well, it wasn't actually ICP. It was the the joke uh, miracles video from SNL. Um, are children small or just far away? And Dana Fisher with a big performance at GPLA and LA is pretty far from me. So there you go. That answers the question. Children are just far away. They are not small. Congratulations, Dana. I'm sorry for my obscure references. <laughs> She's like, what's Saturday Night Live? <laughs> um, I think what, what's cool about this, not only because Dana has been kind of a, a – a mainstay of the GP circuit in yes. in the United States and North America. Like she's gone to like a ton. She's been to more GPs than I've been to. Um, probably me too. I've been and, to a decent amount, but probably still true. Yeah. So she, like her finish is impressive, not just because of the the finish or not just because she made uh, day two, but just the uh, persistence at getting there like that. She's playing the deck she plays and she just keeps going at that goal of making day two of being the youngest player ever to make day two of a grand prix that was her goal and she did it so now i want to know what the next goal is so we can like all cheer her on the other cool thing she did this with a deck that is not tier one like elves is again as we were just discussing about modern having like 30 playable decks elves is like down near the bottom of that list you don't see elves do well in modern very often and again uh you know she might not have finished in the top eight but making day two as an eight-year-old with a deck that is not as powerful as you know twenty some other decks that are ten, people tend to play, tend to choose over that. That's impressive, and it's and that's a perfect kind of deck that I think Modern Horizons is going to impact by adding a couple more elves or more uh, options for the elves decks. So I, I think that's really cool. I think a top eight is on the horizon for eight-year-old Dana Fisher. Very well put. <laughs> it might not be in the modern. I don't know. <laughs> the I modern era. Yeah, I that win. was that was bad. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so yeah. Congrats to Dana. Um, really, really, really cool. And I think also kind of being a, a dad and having a daughter. I hope she wants to play Magic as much as Dana seems to enjoy Magic. And I'm like, you know, that kind of thing is is sort of inspiring to me because I'm like, wow, that would be awesome if my daughter wants to wants to play and wants to learn and wants to compete the way Dana does. I just think that's such an admirable uh, trait in a kid to be willing to learn this complicated game and be as persistent as Dana has. So props to Dana. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we do have a top eight to talk about. Um, we have the top eight, and this is coming from the Hipsters of the Coast uh, Twitter account because I sure didn't know where to do this research, so I did a 
Google search, and this is what came up. So yeah, shout out thanks, to the hipsters. hipsters. Of the coast. Yeah. Um, so uh, the top eight uh, players from preseason two of MTG Arena who are going to be invited to the Mythic Invitational, and this is pending as long you know as long as nobody's ruled ineligible. This is our top eight. These are the uh, players that will be representing Arena at the Mythic Invitational. Uh, we have uh, first place Tiago Saparito, second place Zachary Kine, third place uh, we have Adverse S. I don't know who that is. Um, they have four followers on Twitter, so I or they're, actually they have they're following four people that have one tweet. Um, we have uh, uh, Teruya uh, Kakume. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Lucas Folly. We have Eduardo Annunziata. We have Andres Strasky. Andres Strasky, yeah. And we have um, Alia Deschain. So uh, congratulations to the top eight. I couldn't even sniff it. I was so busy with school, but <laughs> I didn't even have a chance to attempt it. I finished it like um, – I think I finished it Diamond 2 – um, this last season, I didn't even check to see my rewards until four days into March. So <laughs> that's how busy I've been. Um, but it's great, and so we have our top eight, and uh, I'm excited to see what goes down and how they run because um, this is going to be an arena event, right? So yeah, I think I, so is this I the think, duo standard or is this the? I think it is. I think this is the duo standard. We have and a I mythic invitational. Uh, like it's coming up at the end of this end of March, right? End I of think this month. so. Yeah, yeah. So it's we're like weeks. two and a half weeks away. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of I think, didn't yeah. realize how how soon it was going to be. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, like I was telling you, we're scheduled to put out a new episode on like the twenty seventh, and then it happens on the twenty eighth. So looks like we're going to fire up a second yo. Uh, episode. Yeah, if we uh, we'll give ourselves like a ten minute limit to talk about it, but hey, we'll we'll give it a shot. Yeah. Um, so, have you been playing much standard lately? A little bit. Like I said, I've been really busy, but I just wrapped up my schoolwork. I'm currently on spring break. Uh, I also want to say that I got accepted to UNLV for um, anthropology, but. I don't know if what sort of scholarship stuff they're going to offer me yet, and I still have two more schools uh, that are going to hopefully also accept me. I can't imagine why any school wouldn't accept me. Frankly, I have like almost a 4.0, and I'm about to graduate with associate of science. You know, mm-hmm. so like I have grades. I have the grades. It's just a matter of who's going to give me the most. Right, right. You know, Financial. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm leaning towards staying here if smu they have some full transfer scholarships if i can snag one of those i might just stay in dallas but um i forget where i was going with that but anyway my point is i've been a bit really busy with a lot of stuff and i've just now had my spring break so i got to play a little bit i played um uh, Stephen Marshall's Mono White Boy list. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, sorry, it's uh, Mono White Best of One, but it sure looked like Mono White Boy when I saw it, like B O I, like Skater Boy, uh, by Avril Lavigne. So that's what it's called on um, on my uh, arena account. It's Mono White Boy. And Dana um, Fisher is like, who is Avril Lavigne? <laughs> Avril Lavigne just put out a new album. Dana needs to get with the times. Um, but. I think I'm more uh, like thinking Avril Lavigne is like this new artist, and I'm like <laughs> Avril Lavigne is like a well, at least like it's got to be 12 years or something since uh, since she was like popular. I don't know. Actually, I think I mean, it was like more like 19. Yeah, I think that song came out in like 2000 or something. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Anyway, back uh-huh, to the yeah, white don't, skater don't, boy. Don't right? go digging into what. <laughs> don't go digging into dates, man. You don't want to go there ever anymore for anything. Um, I would. Yeah, I think Pulp Fiction's 25 years old this year. Yes, because that's 1994. I remember that. Uh-huh. So there mm-hmm. you go. But it's that not seems, digging deeper. That seems older. Um, Skater Boy, a song in <laughs> 2002. 2002, okay. <laughs> you were closer than I was. Uh, wow. Anyway, um, back to your the mono white boy deck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so this deck is like 21 drops. It's mono white. It doesn't splash for anything. It's strictly a best of one deck. Uh, I think we talked about it briefly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we did. And because that's the yeah. deck that I was having the most success with for a while um, myself. So and it's, it's a, I haven't changed the list a card, but I have stopped playing it as often because I've just wanted to play other things. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I have a, a retraction to to print here <laughs> last or last episode when I complained about Esper making me hate magic. Um, I should know better than to judge a deck when I'm playing subpar cards, when I know I'm knowingly playing subpar cards because I built Esper with what I had and what I had was a bunch of tapped lands and not enough shock lands or, or uh, you know, the, the check lands. So I was playing Esper with basically, you know, a turn behind constantly. And, and of course that made me hate magic with a three color deck that was playing, you know, like all the guild gates as a yeah. mana base. I've gotten up to, I'm, I'm one card short right now. I'm playing like the, the, the black white. It's not the Orzhov Guildgate, but it's functionally the Orzhov Guildgate, whatever that's called, uh, Forbidden Sanctuary or something. Um, I need like one more isolated chapel, and I'll have the full mana base to Esper. And I've been on a tear with it in beat best of one. Um, Good. I love it. It's so I'm I'm an idiot. Um, Esper is awesome, and yeah, it really is. Um, such a powerful deck when you can cast the spells. That's just I know that sounds obvious, but yes, um, really like. You have so many ways to catch up, even even starting from behind. And uh, thought erasure is amazing. Just being able to, you know, kick things off with a thought erasure makes me feel like most games that I do that, I feel like I win because I, I know what to play around. As long as I don't get, you know, somehow, you know, varianced out of the game, um, <laughs> it's at least feels like I could win, right? Like maybe I get to the maybe maybe they end up, you know, top decking something, and I'm like, well, you know, they had it. But it's really a strong deck, and I still think it's one of the better decks in standard. Now, I'm playing a best-of-one version, but I still think um, – which is just really not much different than the uh, the best-of-three version. It just plays like an extra Cry of the Carnarium and an extra Moment of Craving, you know, like just a little bit lower to the ground trying to make sure that I don't get run over. Um, but Cry been... of the Carnarium. Oh, I hate that card. Why? It destroys all your opponent's creatures. Yeah, but I'm the, your opponent. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, though, you and I need to direct challenge each other on Arena. Like, I would like we to play. We have literally with you. never done that yet. We've both <laughs> been playing. We've been podcasting. We have literally never clicked that direct challenge button and, and actually played a game against each other over Arena in like three months. And this is from people from two players who played games over the phone because that was our only option in the past. Right? Like <laughs> now we, we have. And we're like, well, I don't, I don't know how we'd ever play magic together anymore. Joey never answers the phone, so <laughs> how do I get a game started with him? I wonder when the last time we played a game over the phone was. It may have been like 2009 it, or something. But yeah, I was gonna say I, it wasn't as long ago as it would sound like it would be because we definitely did it at least once or twice for like, uh, like for nostalgia's sake. Yeah. I'm certain of it. I just don't know when exactly, <laughs> but you know, I haven't had a paper. Well, I actually have a paper standard deck now, but I hadn't had one in a long time. So it was unlikely for us to do it, but I think we did it at least a couple times. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, just, we should do that. I mean, I, I, Kenny and I did it a couple times, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun to be able to play with your friends and we haven't even taken that, taken up uh, that option on arena. Um, and plus, with Discord chat integration, once we figure out what the hell Discord is, we'll be so, able to do that as well. I'm not quite sure. What, I tried to look into it a little bit more, but I think – and maybe I'm still misunderstanding it or I'm missing some piece of information. But I think it's just if you're in Discord chat, like you can like click somebody's profile and – it like opens arena and direct challenges them or some, something like that. And I'm like, that's really not that big of a deal. Like I can, if I'm talking to somebody, I can just type their name in or copy paste it from a text message or something. Yeah, you, know, but like, you have to copy, you have to type it exactly. And actually it took me a long time <laughs> to figure, cause I did it with Ryan once or twice mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, it's case sensitive too. Ugh. And like, <laughs> And it was just so dumb, and I was like, okay, this is really hard. So maybe clicking on a name and being able to direct challenge that way is pretty sweet. When, yeah, uh, maybe. If that's, when, I guess the, the, your, uh, 
the implication is that you're hanging out in a Discord chat. So maybe when we're doing that more often for like our Patreon and our, our Discord uh, with with listeners, like that will actually be something that we will yeah. be excited to, to use. So you're right. I, I can just imagine the amount of My Little Pony friendship is magic jokes I'm going to be making. Because <laughs> Discord <laughs> is uh, John Delancey's character from the show, and he's kind of the bad guy of the show. Um, I'll spelled. trust you on, on all this. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, on a, on a kind of another cool, you know, talking the topic of a cool feature, um, recently card hoarder actually announced a loan program and I know uh, C minus Joe. Yeah. That, well, I mean, that C was, minus that was on a bad, that transition. That, that was, was about a, a C minus, but, okay, how but did go, you go for it because it? I know you want to talk about it. And it is a really cool thing to talk about. It's, I think I'll probably want to talk about it more when I'm actually in it, but card hoarder. Sure. Um, has been like my go-to for for Magic Online singles since I started or since I jumped back into playing online in like 2017. Yeah. So like I was always going there. I love. Um, I feel like their site is nice and clean and e- you know easy to navigate, and uh, they almost always have the cards I need in stock. I don't really have any issues um, you know getting the cards I need. You can keep track of your entire collection, and and that's like ridiculously helpful for me because i'm like i need these cards i'm like do i have some of these cards i might have some of these cards i don't know because i don't have to log in on magic online to look but card hoarder actually can keep track of your collection and so you can just add a bunch of cards to your cart and then click a button that says remove owned and it removes all the cards that you already own oh that's cool so so usually how i use it is i copy paste a deck list and you can just click remove owned. It removes all the cards you already own. Um, it also shows you the number of cards that you already own. So like if you have you know, one or two copies of a card and you have four in your cart, it'll tell you, hey, you own two of these. Um, I just think that's such a great feature just by itself. Uh, so anyway, they've announced another great option, and that's their loan program, which allows you to pay, I believe it's 3% of the loan amount per week. So if, for example, you were like, I'm, I want to play modern. Um, I, I, dredge always scares me. I want to play it because why? You know, like I want to learn it and see, see if I can understand it better. You go to a website, find a dredge list, you paste it in there, and one of the options now is that you click their loan program and it shows you okay the va- the value of this the cards you need are 160 tickets so that'll cost you 475 a week or whatever it is and you're like it's it's fantastic because you say oh i'll pay 475 for a week and play dredge and if i don't like it then i you know i can just contact them and say hey i'm done with my cards and i'm done with the loan or i want to pause i think that the idea is you pause your account when you you're not borrowing anything when you're not using it i haven't gotten to that particular part of the experience but yesterday when i added dredge to my cart and then clicked um, <laughs> clicked the loan program thing and signed up for it yes that means i'm trying to play dredge um wow that's what i i got waitlisted um so the the program is apparently so popular that it's like a 12 to 18 day wait list right now <laughs> so that's awesome that they're that it's doing so well it means to me that if it's if it's this popular it's going to be something that um that's going to be going to continue unless for some reason it's not working well for for a card holder if they're not able to you know sustain it but uh from a player perspective being able to try a deck before you buy it that's kind of like the way i'm looking at this like yeah. it used to be oh i want to try this deck I guess I have to buy it or borrow it in paper for some, from somebody or borrow it from somebody online, which I've never done, but I know people do that. Um, you know, it becomes a hassle where you're like trying to accumulate the cards so you can play a deck. And this is great because I can just pay, you know, five bucks a week or, or rent a deck for a week. If I decide I want to play it more, I can, you know, pay another five bucks and then I can maybe decide, you know what? Yeah, I do want this deck and I'll just buy the cards or I'm glad I didn't buy the cards because I don't want to play this deck anymore. You know, that's, that's fantastic. So um, I will report back as to how the experience goes because, you know, the, the part I'm questioning is the point when I'm done with the loan. Um, how easy is it to just like say, okay, I'm done. Here's the, the cards back and can we just pause my account? Like, are they going to frown on this idea of me going, okay, pause it. And then two days later going, now I'd play this deck. And then 
then like, okay, pause it again. You know, I don't know if that's like a, a something that's going to be like um, a pain to, to do or if it's just going to be like an easy like put your account on pause and, and then pick it back up when you're ready. They send, they send Frankie Four Fingers over to collect the rest <laughs> of their money. Um, but uh, uh, the one the, the one like kind of downside based on what you're telling me that I can see and just a, more of a, of a warning uh-huh. to people getting involved in this program is don't expect your deck to be ready on demand. Like if you have like a competitive event on on Magic Online that you need to play in tomorrow, don't go, well, I'm just going to borrow from Card Hoarder because there's a wait list right now. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be realistic and, 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 you know, keep your expectations in reality. Right. You know, this isn't an unlimited trove of, of free Magic cards. There is a limit, you know. They don't, you know, there's only so many cards and they can only lend out so many decks at a time, yeah. apparently. And this is something that they're they're working on they may be it's able to improve it yeah and they, they may not have that kind of thing for uh, sure in a couple of months but and i didn't know about the 12 to 18 day thing uh i only found out about it because i tweeted about it and card hoarder tweeted back at me so their customer service is awesome and their interaction with uh on social media at least on twitter is great um i would suggest that maybe they mention it if they have they have some sort of idea of what the eta is maybe mention that like maybe put that into the the verbiage of their like the process because what i got to was something like you know apply for the thing and then you get an email saying okay you've been waitlisted we'll contact you when when your loan program application is ready for the next step or something and i'm like okay i kind of was thinking maybe i'll get an email in about five minutes i don't know <laughs> like right, maybe right. i'll get an email later today like i don't know what that exactly means what's the I mean, I know what waitlisted means, but what's the wait, you know, like, and so to find out it was three weeks, basically, uh, two to three weeks was a surprise, but I wasn't really concerned because I'm just trying to deck for fun anyway. I'm like, okay, well, I guess in two weeks or three weeks, I'll get to play it. So it didn't really bother me. And I think it's great that it's working, uh, or it's, that it's so popular. So, um, yeah. just shout out to, to card hoarder for coming up with a really, um, easy way to to rent cards because there are some other programs that are offering the same kind of idea of borrowing cards for playing on uh, magic online but when i'd like look into it it was it seemed like it was complicated it was like okay you you've been approved to uh only 30 tickets a month and i guess if your account's in good standing after a certain amount of time you can get up to 50 you know more and i'm like this is just too i'm not worried about all this like i'm not trying to play a a game outside of the game out, out well that's a meta game um but you know <laughs> i'm not trying to figure all this out it just what didn't seem like it it was as straightforward as card hoarders which to me is like really obvious how much do you want to borrow okay it's three percent per week okay simple you're like, like and the sensei's divining top never stops spinning <laughs> i don't i don't know what you're getting at inception there. anyway sorry oh, yeah 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 that's there we go okay i didn't get the inception <laughs> reference but the with the top yeah um I think that's about it. You got any spoilers? Uh, got, yeah. <laughs> Oops, we spoiled a ten-year-old <laughs> movie. Um, but yeah, got anything else uh, you wanted to, to discuss? Literally nothing. I think we actually, for once in our blessed lives, have made it all the way through our list of uh, topics that we wanted to cover, and within our time limit. So. Yeah. Pretty impressed with us. Congratulations. Pat on the back. Do the literal <laughs> pat on the back that you do when people figuratively tell you to pat yourself on the back. Um, but yeah, the, this Sunday is uh, – this Saturday is the Hunter Burton Memorial Open. Um, you know, we'll link get it to in the it. show notes, yep. Yeah, it will be links in the show notes to that. There will be links to the, uh, to the loan program. Um, there will be links to the other stuff as well. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's really all we got for this week. Um, awesome. We're excited to be with uh, with Cool Stuff, Inc., and I can't wait to see uh, where that new partnership takes us. Absolutely. Um, thanks, Evan. You're yeah. awesome. Shout out to Evan Irwin. You know it. And, uh, I don't know, you know, it, it's, it's pretty cool. And, I, I, you know, I also just want to quickly take a, a moment to shout out our past sponsors, too. Um, legitmtg.com. Uh, Josh Clater has has always been great to me. 
Um, and, you know, I was really pleased that he had us on for so long. And shout out to Star City Games, who had us before. You know, it, it's it's really cool. We can thank Evan to, Irwin for that one, too. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? But, I mean, it's just cool to, like, be in different places at different times. You know, it just feels fun. I don't know. I don't know. I like it. I like I like the movement of it, you know? For sure. Something about that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm someone who likes to, to, to put down roots, but every once in a while pick up and move those roots. And uh, I'm excited to see what uh, putting our roots down at, uh, at Cool Stuff Inc. is going to bring for us. So, Absolutely. Rock and roll. Yeah. All right. Well, that's everything. So until next time, we're Yo! MTG Taps. Make them have it.